Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. This Sunday, the Feast of Christ the King marks the end of an entire liturgical year for our Catholic faith. It's called a liturgical calendar. And each time with Advent coming, which starts next week, begins a new year and reading from a different new gospel. And so we've uh, followed with the preparing for the birth of Jesus, celebrated his birth, went through him through Lent to prepare for the crucifixion, and then we celebrated the Easter season as we celebrated his resurrection. And ordinary time, when we wear the color green, represents God working just in ordinary events and in ordinary days in our life. And so we now come to an end of the year. <laughs> I think we have really have had enough of the year 2020 from my read from people because it seems like every time we turn around and roll our eyes and go, well, it's 2020, um, these things just happen. And we're ready for either a new beginning or a new year. And the same thing can happen to the church. We have just completed the Gospel of Matthew. And next week, beginning the new year, begins a new gospel for that year, which is the Gospel of Mark. But remember, we are talking now about final judgment and end times. And we see in the New Testament here one of the most powerful images of what judgment day will be like for you and for me and for the entire world. And it's based on love and on hospitality. What happens here is that Jesus is asking people to give hospitality to others. And that's a very common thing in the Middle East. That's a way of life that you offer hospitality to the stranger. Jesus, in that mindset of that time in the ancient Mediterranean world, would have said, loving or kindness towards your relatives is called steadfast love. That's not hospitality. But hospitality means the willingness to help someone we do not know and offering them the basic needs of life. As I was reflecting on this year and on this particular reading, one word that I really focused on was the word least. Least. Now, when I think of the word least, sometimes it's a negative connotation that means not productive, not helpful. And sometimes we place that on ourselves and saying, well, because of COVID, I can't do the external things of church like I used to. I can't give witness and visit all the people that I used to do and, and gather together and form community. And we can't do the external things. So I'm not feeling productive. I'm not feeling that I'm helpful to the Lord. I, I just feel least among everyone. And sometimes we compare our works to other people. Well, I'm not as prayerful or as holy or as good as other people. And so I think we need to know that when Jesus says, as often you did these acts for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me, What Jesus is doing is blessing the work of everyone. And it's not based on how much productivity or how successful or how wide-ranging beautiful it is of the littlest works that you do. God blesses the least of the little work. Least means maybe not making the headlines. Least means that not being noticed by everyone or given recognition. 
but rather least means God blesses those little things that we should automatically do that really determine whether we will enter eternal life or not. And so he uses examples of everyday living to feed the hungry, whether it's food, or, or to feed people our attention, or to give them dignity, clothing them with respect, welcoming the stranger huh, who may be living next door, or another country, or at the border, or someone we work with that we really haven't reached out to. And maybe one of the things that can happen during COVID when we feel frustrated that we can't gather safely, that we can't come to Mass before and can't have all this interaction that we used to have before and be fed that way, it's to know that it's the little things that are blessed by God. And maybe the church through a rebirth of COVID because a number of people are just going to fade away for a while because there's nothing holding them, because they think their faith is based on external things. And yet their faith really is found on feeding and clothing and caring and visiting. That's what Jesus blesses. And the church has to do the same. I'm a big uh, fan of the TV show, the old one, MASH, starring Alan Alda, about the time in Korea. And uh, it's on reruns if you ever watch it. And there was an episode that was based on a guy who would fly in the bombers. And he, he mentally snapped. And he thought that his name was Jesus Christ. He stopped being who he was. And he called himself Jesus. And so they're all at MASH trying to figure out how they're going to help him. They call in the psychiatrist and all. And there's this one character, Radar, Walter Radar O'Reilly, called Radar. And he has his little teddy bear, and he slips with his teddy bear. Very childlike, but yet very strong character. And before Jesus Christ, this person is sent to Tokyo for more help, Radar says goodbye to him. And somehow, like a childlike faith, he says, could you bless me and my bear, my teddy bear? And this man who thinks he's Jesus touches him and says, bless you. And then, bless you, Walter, his given name. And the face of Radar, Walter, is one of healing, one of trusting, one of knowing that what he's doing is important. And maybe the church can leave its buildings and bless the daily works of people especially people who don't see the need for church or struggle with going. I think about you families, that maybe you struggle with church because there's been some woundedness. Maybe you don't understand the doctrine. Maybe you've been hurt in some way by a leader or by a parishioner, but yet you don't stop loving. That you give example of loving a family member who may be living a life that is wounding the family, and yet you still keep the dialogue going. You still say, we still have to love you. You still keep the place at the dinner table open, even though there's hurt or pain. Maybe there's even disappointment. I think about you who struggle trying to run businesses and care for your employees ethically when you're tempted to cut corners or tempted to only see profit, and yet you think of your employees and sacrifice. I think about you who maybe just struggle, you know, understanding God, and yet you are probably the most generous people around. 
I always love, that's why when I coach football, and I'm going to be returning back at Sunny Slope High School, and other places that I go out into the community and touch people, I always enjoy my visits with people who don't always go to church or mass. I like being with them. Because you know what? I love blessing their little acts of love. Maybe they haven't been to church for a long time. But yet, I know they visit their grandmother or visit the sick. I know that they are probably most generous and they lead programs that help the people who are hurting in some way. And all the church needs to do better is just to bless the work of those people. Rather than judging them and saying, you're not living doctrinally correct and you're not coming to church and you're not doing the external things of church. And we wound so many people and we drive them away that when people are trying to love their family members who are not living the right way, but yet they're still in relationship and yet they hear preaching that says, they shouldn't even be here. They shouldn't receive sacraments and they are not the in, in the end. It's no wonder people fade away from the church because we only model a ritual and sometimes we just don't leave our buildings and go and bless the work. So who can you bless? People not who go to church or believe in God exactly. One of my favorite prayers is the Eucharistic prayer. That's that prayer we pray as we consecrate the host. And we, every time we pray for those who have died, and they say for our brothers and sisters, yeah, those who are Catholic, those who are Christian, those who believe in Jesus, we should pray for them, and we do. But I also love the words, and for all who have left this world in your friendship. <gasps> hmm. Maybe atheists, maybe people who don't believe in Jesus, maybe people who haven't darkened church for a long time or never knew the name of Jesus, but yet they did works of mercy, of hospitality, of living. Matthew 25. This is what we're going to be judged on. And so, as a country, are we welcoming the stranger? I think we've got to do better. And it's not partisan and it's not political, it's speaking truth. Because that's what we're going to be judged on. Are we feeding the hungry? When we have to go in this country, I'm told this is the greatest country in the world, and yet we have long lines of cars lining up for food. There's something that's a disconnect. When people are thirsting to be respected and giving dignity, and yet we have people, even Christians, spouting, spewing other evil, and slander against others, and yet they call themselves disciples. That's not how to live, and that's not living Matthew 25. And that's why that second part says, away with me, if you are blind to offer hospitality. It's that simple. There are consequences for us not knowing to do the right thing. You can't live a world and say, Jesus loves everyone. Live any way you want because that's okay, God loves you anyway. No, he's saying there are consequences, but we're the ones that do that to ourselves. God doesn't send people to hell. We choose it, and sometimes that hell is the choice that we make here on earth, causing cruelty and suffering to other people. So we speak truth still, but yet 
The church needs to bless. Anytime there's love between two people, even when it's not done perfectly, according to the church, because people can grow into the truth. We don't want people to remain stagnant and live any way you want. We want everyone to grow, me and you. And so let's bless wherever families care for one another. Let's bless when fellow Americans offer compassion and forgiveness and healing. Let's have the church bless every living person with the gift of life of saying you matter. And stop using language that says you're not worthy to receive communion. I grieve when religious leaders have to make that decision. When knowing that they are just choosing different things to tell people not to come. You know, no one's worthy. I'm not. You're not. But God makes us worthy. I need communion. I need that healing. And I want God to bless my work. Not that I'm perfect, and not that St. Patrick's is perfect, but he blesses. Just like the character on MASH, Jesus Christ, who touched Radar's teddy bear. Bless you. Bless you, Walter. And his face was, wow. Maybe the church, through Jesus Christ, can do the same. By leaving our buildings, going where the people are at, and saying, whatever they do, good they are doing the church says bless you thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast we are Christian Disciples in Mission 